What is going on, everybody? Athletes, parents of athletes, coaches of athletes, welcome back to the Money Minded Athlete. And this is Kyle Pullins. I'm your host. This is your first time. Welcome to the show. This is for high school, college, young professional, even old professional athletes on how to make more money, how to be better with your finances, ways to make money, how to get rich, how to be successful, all these kinds of things we're going to get into from those who are rich and successful. I'm not rich and successful. I'm not a uh, an accountant. I'm not a personal finance guru of any sort. You know, I see a lot of people out there who are saying things that they haven't really done and and I'm going to be straight up with you. Those, you know, if I haven't accomplished something, I'm not going to say that I have. And I'm here to interview amazing people like today's guest and educate you on how to be all these things that we're talking about, how to make more money, save, invest, figure out what you want to do for a career, how to be good at it, start your own business, entrepreneurial, entrepreneurship, entrepreneurial adventures, whatever you're trying to get into. Help you figure this out because as an athlete, you know, it, it's a challenge. There's we're already our time's already limited. We already have so much more going on than the average person. And we need to be able to prepare ourselves. Athletes are 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 ill prepared for the real world. And but at the same time, we are so much more prepared for the real world than everybody else. We just don't realize it because of how much sports translates into real life. And today's guest, Mr. Pat Rigsby, is going to be a, a living testament and a living example of that. So here's a little background on Pat. You know, he, he's a real humble guy, real down-to-earth dude. I mean, he's a father and a husband, a coach, an author, and an entrepreneur. And, you know, in, in late 40s, uh, he has built over a dozen businesses um, with five of them being million dollar, multi-million dollar ventures, which is pretty cool. And a couple of those, you know, are ones that I follow in the, in the fitness world and the athletic world is athletic revolution and fitness revolution. Um, and they've been, you know, award-winning companies and he's been a part of other businesses, uh, consulting groups, things like that, that are, you know, been featured in Inc. 500, Inc. 5,000 and almost cracking the Inc. 500. I mean, he's just he's so good at what he does, and he's got so many different skills, so many different things to teach you about, and his thing is building the ideal business. Now, when you first hear that as a younger athlete, you're going to be like, oh, I don't have a business. I'm not trying to build a business. But at the same time, you are. You, you are your own brand. You are your own business. If you play uh, golf, if you play tennis, something, you know, wrestling where you're you are the business straight up. Like if you're not performing, you're not going to be playing. You're not going to be competing. And, and you got to think about yourself and your life as, as a business and as a brand and as somebody who's staying on top of your shit. And the thing is we can set up our lives to be however it is that we want to live. And today's episode, I mean, Pat's going to break that down for you. He's going to talk about living, living your ideal life and how, how you, how you can have your ideal business too, all at the same time. Make the kind of money you want to make, live the kind of life, travel where you want to go. All those kinds of things are possible. Now, let's get right into today's episode. But before we do that, my one quick ask of you, I'm going to ask this all the time, even after you do it, I'm still going to be asking because there's going to be other people out there who aren't 
which is leave a review on iTunes. Most of you probably listening from your iPhone on an Apple, right? I got I got about 80%, 70 to 80% of my listeners are on Apple, which is awesome. So iTunes is the main place. I don't care if you're on Spotify, if you're on Google, if you're on Anchor, it doesn't matter where you're at. Leave a review for me. That's all I really ask. That's how I help grow this show, get more listeners to it, and help more people like you that, I'm, that are listening to this show right now. So go on over and leave that quick five-star review. If you think I get a one-star review, hey, you're honest. I appreciate that. Leave that review. But I know I'm not a one-star show, and you wouldn't be staying listening this far if you really thought this was a one-star show. So leave me that honest review, and let's get right into it. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Money-Minded Athlete Show. And this is your host, Kyle Pullins, by the way, if you didn't already know. But here is Mr. Pat Rigsby. I'm a big fan of his. I've been following his work for about three, four years now and been in his um, coaching groups for a little bit and continue to follow his stuff. He's got some great work in the in the sports, fitness, entrepreneurial space. He's got a very diverse background and story, which I'm excited to have him share with you. Um, but, you know, here he is. Pat, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, get to spend some time with you here and uh, get to talk about some stuff that uh, I, I don't often get to talk about on podcasts. So this should be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 really exciting. Pat's got a, a great background and not only in, in the business world, he's taught me a lot from, you know, the the training and things that I'm trying to do, but also, you know, he really knows the struggles of the athlete. Um, I mean, you, you coached at the collegiate level for baseball. Was that right, Pat? Yeah, I was a, a college baseball coach uh, beginning at the ripe old age of 23. I was the youngest head coach wow. in the country for a couple of years uh, and did that really up until a couple months before I turned 30. And, you know, and obviously nobody's giving a 23-year-old a very good job, so it wasn't a great job, but somehow we were able to uh, turn it into a program that finished fifth in the uh, 2000 NAI World Series, and, um, you know, so so I, that was a, a lot of fun for me, and frankly, my experience in athletics really set the stage for my entire kind of spectrum of professional successes ever since mm-hmm. so yeah you know you hear a lot of coaches say you know at least i i'm sure everybody's kind of heard some of these but i heard these when i was coming up is oh the life lessons you'll learn in baseball you know they're going to translate over to your job when you get when you graduate or when you stop playing and things like that and you kind of brush it off at the time because like coach just shut up i just want to play ball you know i'm trying to do these things but there's you know, the people out there, there's some out there that really take that message to heart. And, you know, from what you've seen, I mean, you can really tell when those kids either gloss over it or they take it, you know, they take it deep down and start to apply it. You know, is that it just I mean, that just sounds like what you're talking about there is you're just building off that same mindset, the same successes you've had from sports, from practicing, showing up on time working hard, staying late, all those things. And now it's just taking those exact same things and putting them into, into a job and into a business. Yeah, I I think so in many ways, but I'll take it a step further. Um, You know, I I think that virtually all successful businesses are driven by 
by a couple things, right? On the, on the front end, they're, they're driven by generating sales. I mean, you have mm-hmm. to get customers or clients or patients mm-hmm. and there's no more, um, no more powerful sales training than going through a recruiting process. And, mm-hmm. and I think that even if you're not a coach, you're experiencing recruiting on, on the other side of this as an athlete and you're seeing what you gravitate to and you're seeing what you um, don't particularly find appealing. Mm-hmm. And then on the back end, you get to see how teams are built. So that's how businesses scale. You get to see how people within an organization are developed. So, you know, I, I think that so many of the things that we learn, like teamwork and perseverance and handling adversity and, mm-hmm. um, you know, all, all the, those kind of core concepts are taught through sport. But I also think in a very practical way, being a college baseball coach was probably the number one catalyst in allowing me to later on now build over uh, over uh, 30 businesses in the fitness, health and sports performance industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's that's something I was somewhat talking about with. I can't remember who it was, if it was Thomas uh, towards the beginning. Um, one of my you know, past guests was that, that idea of, of you're selling yourself to these coaches to try to, you know, you got to think about it. Like you're trying to, let's say it's a hundred, you know, a hundred thousand dollars just for even number sake of your tuition, right? That's how much it's going to cost you to play four years, you know, to go to college for four years and play baseball, soccer, whatever sport it is, it doesn't matter. You know, the, a lot of the guests I brought on are coming from the fitness space and the baseball world. Cause that's my background and that's, you know, the connections I have, but for an athlete, and this was not my mindset at all when I was going, going through this process, but I am selling myself to this CEO of this organization to get myself a hundred thousand dollar job as a, as to go play for that team. And we think, Oh, you're not getting paid because you're in college but you're getting a scholarship, which is money, you know, you're getting a network, you're getting development, all these kinds of things that happen in like what you're talking about with these businesses and, and in real life and, and, and can totally change your, your perception, your outcome, the, the results that you put into the, or the work that you put in to get the results that you want. If you're thinking of it like, Oh shit, I'm trying to sell myself to this coach. You know, I'm trying to do all these things to get recruited, to get this money, to get paid, to go play here. When a lot of times, you know, they may not always have that, that kind of business, that CEO mindset of I've got to treat it this way because that's how it's coming. It's just, oh, this is baseball. I'm trying to play at the next level. If this guy doesn't give it to me, I'll find somewhere else to do it. Yeah, I think it's important to, to view the recruiting process on both sides as, um, you know, I mean, it, it's it's a life changing process for people. And if you understand it and really start to, to dive deep into it, then it's going to help you with whether you want to own your own business and embrace kind of an entrepreneurial path, whether you want to work for somebody else, it's going to make you a more valuable employee because sales and persuasion Mm -hmm. um, are, are paramount in almost every career path. And so, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, 
you know, me as a coach, I had to learn to connect with somebody and identify that prospect pool of people that might potentially be able to be part of our program. Mm -hmm. And then I had to follow up with them, ultimately get them on campus and then find some sort of win-win relationship. So that person could come into our organization and, you know, you have to think of those people as a partner when you're a coach, because you're in many ways putting your livelihood in their hands on not just on their performance on the field, but their behavior mm -hmm. off the field. And so if you see that as the athlete, if, if you can take a broader view instead of thinking micro as an athlete and say, OK, what's this coach doing? How how are they recruiting me? Do you know what do I respond to? Do I like somebody texting me with a certain frequency? Do I like somebody, um, you know, how, how do they have to treat me when I go to campus? And, you know, you're going to notice those things. Well, those, those are all things that, that apply later on in, in business. And then if you look at the, the great programs in any sport, um, you know, they're, they're great at taking the people that they have when they come in, taking those athletes and saying, okay, this is where you are. This is where collectively we want you to go. And they build a, this bridge of player development to get them mm -hmm. there. Well, I think that's what we're trying to do in any sort of business situation as well. You know, we're trying to do that for, for the, the people on our team, or we're trying to do it for our clients. I mean, we, we want to get them the result that they want. So mm -hmm. I, I think that, that, that it's important to remember is sometimes when you're in sports that may be the collegiate level, um, that there are some experiences that you get to have that the general student body doesn't get to have with this type of recruiting and this type of development. And you get to see an operation firsthand, but you just kind of have to keep your head up and notice it all. And you also have to understand that, you know, some, some people may be able to go do internships that you may not have the opportunity to go do because you're playing summer ball or mm -hmm. your your practice schedule or training schedule doesn't allow for that. So you need right. to make the most of the opportunities that you do have because so much about pursuing a career post playing is about the things that happen outside of the classroom, whether it is those internships or whether it is the relationships you built, you know, the, the mm -hmm. proverbial who you know. So my, my recommendation to any athlete would be, you know, be really observant of, of how the whole process works. And if you're in the right environment, you know, a lot of coaches will be more than happy to kind of let you behind the scenes and let you understand it better. Um, I, they're, they're not getting asked very often, but I'm sure a lot will help you understand it better and the more you understand it, it it's just this tool you're adding to your toolbox that so few people in the um private sector are, are just going to come out of college equipped with oh yeah yeah i mean there's so much to dissect from that but i think 100 percent. you know i was 
I guess it was kind of a blessing in disguise. You know, I, I ended up having, um, so for my sophomore and junior year, I transferred and that summer I had to shut it down because I was dealing with an elbow injury and then, you know, went through my rehab and stuff for that. And it took a while before I found out that I was going to need surgery. So like five months before I even had the surgery, it's like, Oh, it's tendonitis, you know, just take some time off, go through this throwing program when it could have been taken care of ahead of time. Long story short, had it in December, you know, go through Tommy John, go through my rehab, and I'm, and I'm going to have to rehab that summer. So I ended up taking an internship at an at independent baseball team, uh, the Wichita Wingnuts at the time. They just had their last season this past year, and now they're, you know, I think sold and going into, uh, a, you know, a minor league team. I can't, I can't say for who, but um, so I got to have that experience and go through there from, you know, group ticket sales, learning the back end of the business. I mean – you know, you're getting connected with all these people who have great connections in, in the pro baseball world and in, and, and just in general. And, you know, I was able to go out and kind of occasionally throw on the field and things like that, you know, and if I was playing, I would, you know, I, I wouldn't have had that up. If I didn't have that injury, I would, I probably would have been playing that summer and wouldn't have had the time to put in that work. Cause it was, you know, during during some of it, I mean, you probably heard of it the um, the NBC World Series. You know, they play yeah. around the clock baseball, and we're working 12, 14 hour shifts. You know, every single day during that tournament. And then there's the home stretches and all these kinds of things. So you're going through, you know, a lot of time commitment for this internship that, you know, most may not put in. But to have that kind of opportunity was a blessing in disguise for me, and you know, got to see see some of those different kinds of things. So. I think it's really important to just take advantage of those kinds of opportunities when they present themselves. And you're going to get, like, I, I wouldn't have been able to do that if, you know, our coach hadn't have got us onto that. Like that, that field was our home field. Uh, it used to be double A for the Royals. And that was our home field in college. My last two years there after I transferred. And if we hadn't had that relationship, you know, the coach introduced me to the GM and, you know, from there, like, you can easily start to use the resources you have. Your coaches know people. Um, your past coaches know people, parents. I mean, there's all kinds of sponsors that support your high school team, your college team, things like that. They know people, and they want to help you. So it's you know it's almost easier to find these kinds of opportunities being an athlete versus just the general you know student body. Yeah, there's definitely a closer sense of connection um, within those types of programs, but that probably segues pretty well into one thing that I would, um, tell, tell anybody listening to this is that, you know, just don't be short-sighted. Don't, don't burn bridges. Mm-hmm. Um, understand that, the the things that you're doing now Um, especially the fact that so much of it is documented online, but the things Mm -hmm. that you are doing now really can set the stage forever. And let me, let me give you kind of a, uh, a recent example. Um, so one of my former players who's moved into the college coaching ranks, um, you know, there, there was a job that, that he wanted to pursue recently and, you know, it, it was very easy for him to just text me and um, lean on me. And he had this type of relationship with some other people, too. And I'm sure he did the same with them. But lean on me to try to make connections for him and open doors so he could get in an interview. And, and I know that 
um, one of the people that that I was able to um, reach out on his behalf too um, played a, a pretty integral role in getting him an interview for this job. And mind you, this is a person who last played for me, uh, gosh, like 17 years ago. But mm. because he was such a good teammate and because he was the type of person that um, – you know, you, you you love to have represent that type of program. I, I mean, he could ask that same type of thing of me once a week for the rest of my life, and I'd be happy to go to bat for him. And and I think that we have to understand that over time, we, we get to kind of accrue so many opportunities for relationships. And all those relationships down the line, uh, you know, I mean, collectively, they – they're going to be able to open tons of doors for you because ultimately if you're applying for a job that 20 other people are applying for, let alone a job in like college sports that 200 other people would be applying for, mm-hmm. who you know is going to matter more than any of us can probably ever imagine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so if you can build relationships and be a good teammate, if you can build relationships with your coaches or anybody else that you meet along the way, I mean, we never know who is going to be that person who can be the connector between us and the opportunity we want to have. Mm-hmm. So doing things the right way, doing things that um, you think you'd probably be proud of your decision making three, five, ten years down the road, which isn't always the easiest thing to do as a young person. but right. If you if you approach it that way, it's going to make life so much easier for you down the line. And I think that, um, you know, obviously good programs create a sense of connectivity. Right. They they Mm -hmm. have that have that type of situation where they, um, you know, create a strong bond between their their alumni and the current program. And we saw this play out. Um, very regularly here with with people like uh, Vanderbilt winning the national championship. Mm-hmm. You know, they talk about the Vandy boys. And if you played here, then you're always welcome back here. You're part of this yeah. larger community. Well, you know, I mean, I, I think the idea is be one of those people who, um, you know, the coaches are, are proud of to ha- have a part of their community Mm-hmm. five, 10, 15 years later. I mean, there are so many people that I'm connected with, you know, pl- former players of mine who are, um, you know, connections on social media that, yeah, I'm I'm just excited to see where they are in their life. And if there's anything I could do to help, um, I'd be eager to because of the way they handled themselves during that time when our relationship was closest. Yes. Yeah, that's powerful right there. And that's, you know, talking to this this guy over here in, in uh, the Dallas area where I'm at. He he played um, – he's a outfielder turned catcher for Vanderbilt and ended up getting drafted by the Tigers. Aaron Westlake is his name, and he runs a sports performance facility over here. And, you know, just hearing some of his stories about, you know, playing at Vanderbilt and the, and the team, and he goes back all the time for these uh, clinics that they have. They invite him back and all this kind of stuff. You know, it's – it's really powerful to hear those kinds of things. But then there's, you know, the other side of the story you're talking about is um, 
and we kind of alluded, we were talking about it just before we started the show was, you know, vetting uh, these opportunities that you're getting that whether it's a job, whether it's, you know, finding a, a school you want to go to, things like that. Um, and this is nothing against my college coach. I, I think he, he's a really good guy and he does, he does, a, he did a lot for our um, organization and took, you know, took us from a, but before I transferred there, I think they were like five and 40, five and 35 kind of team. And, you know, brought us up to my, my senior year, we were ranked top 25 in the country and, you know, had a couple of guys drafted and, you know, now they're doing some big things, but, I, you know, we'll keep it short at the time, you know, I, I come in, I'm transferring in, I'm looking at some other schools and the KCAC over there and decided to go with them. Cause I thought, man, he's really building something up. He's doing some good things. And you don't always know when you get to a school um, what the coaches are really like in practice and in the games, what the what the assistants are like, what the um, staff around them is like, the the players in there. You know, you don't you know you don't always know those kinds of things until you're in it, and it's not something where you can just transfer every. I mean, technically you could, but it it doesn't look good for you if you're transferring every year to a new school. You know, and a lot of the guys I felt like this for a little bit but I know he was doing the best he could was we felt like he wasn't you know the best coach on the field like we were it was us versus him at times and this and that but he, you know off the field great dude loved everything that he was doing for us and he worked hard for us but I you know at times I felt like oh man I, maybe I made the wrong decision you know why didn't I see this before this and that you know what are some questions these kids can ask when they're going through recruiting process, whether it's for this or, you know, finding a job, how can they start to vet the place that they're going? Cause I feel like they need us, they need the coaches to sell themselves on why they should go to this school, why they should pick them over others, you know, and things like that. How can they try to figure out if it's the best fit for them and not make that mistake a year in and try to transfer out? Well, so the the first thing that I would do, I mean, just using your experience as a is kind of a a case study, if you will, is you you've got to watch the coaches on the field in a game. You need to see the coaches mm-hmm. in a practice setting because remember, if you're trying to get a coach to sell themselves, so to speak, um, I mean, people are going to tell you um things hopefully in in an honest way but they're they're certainly going to be trying to persuade you to choose the path that's most ad, advantageous um so you need to be able to see things a little more objectively you need to be able to um see them in action so to speak you need to see um what they do in practice so you get a feel for hey is this going to be the right environment for me developmentally Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think you can probably look at the roster too. And what's so great now is with the internet, I mean, you can go and look at the roster from this season and last season and the season before, mm-hmm. um, by doing a little bit of homework and you can see how much turnover there is and, and mm-hmm. get a feel for well, how many, how many people are leaving. But then beyond that, I think that, you know, some some of this stuff I'm sure people hear all the time, but this this belief that kids have that they need to go to the biggest possible school is mm-hmm. one of the most catastrophic life mistakes mm-hmm. that we can probably make because biggest is not always best fit. You need to D1 go to the or bust kind of 
Yeah, or or even going to the biggest possible D1 program because they're excited about what the the image is going to look like when they post it on Twitter. Right. Well, I mean, ultimately, you have to figure out where do I want to live? What, what kind of environment do I want to be in? I mean, if the goal is to play at the next level, well, I mean, my... Uh, one of my former players who's the head coach at Baldwin Wallace University, Brian Harrison, I mean, he had a player drafted this season and and that kid is at a division three school, right? So if you're if you're good, the opportunities will be there more now than ever before. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, where are you going to be happy? Because ultimately if you're happy, you're more likely to be engaged and, and all in but if you're somewhere simply because it's division one but the environment is not one that that you're excited to be in the university isn't the type of place you want to be in the the coaches were weren't a great fit or mm-hmm. whatever else well then there's almost no chance you're going to reach your potential and uh, you know ultimately colleges it is a lot about just simply transitioning from adolescence to a go where you want to spend, you know, three, four, maybe five years of, of your life making that move. And you can do it happily. Um, you can do it in an environment where you think that baseball is going to play the role in your life. You want to play or soccer is or whatever else. And you're mm-hmm. going to, you're, you're going to get better and you're not going to be miserable in the process, um, <clears throat> I, I think that's important. And then obviously, yeah, sure, we want to find somewhere that has, uh, you know, the, the right major for us if, if we're in a position at that stage of life where we know what we want to do. But, I mean, I look at what I do now, the, the consulting role in the, the fitness industry, and there, was, there would have been no major that would have been perfect for that. No. Um, no guidance counselor was going to ever steer mm-hmm. me in that direction. So, you know, I, I would say understanding, okay, what environment can I go to that's going to allow me to be happy, that's going to be fun for me to be in. And fun doesn't necessarily mean easy. It means somewhere that I can thrive six months after the announcement that hit social media, because that's what actually matters. Mm-hmm. Um and the same thing with kind of holds true with when we're making career choices. Um, one of the the most profound things I heard from any college professor I had um, <clears throat> really had nothing to do with what was going on in class. But this gentleman had had um, some success as a, a, a college coach. He actually took a similar career path to me in that he was first a college coach, and then he moved into more entrepreneurial endeavors, but he also kept teaching at a university at the same time. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, you can be a millionaire doing anything as long as you're willing to be the best at that thing. And, um, <clears throat> and I know in my own life that, is, that, that has been a lesson I've taken to heart, and, and it's something I've really worked to uphold. Because, you know, that's one of the great things about sports is there, there's a scoreboard and there's this opportunity to keep challenging yourself and getting mm-hmm. better. 
And so if you take that kind of foundation that we get as competitive athletes and you transcend that into your professional life, I mean, you know, if you're willing to just be better than other people and do what it takes to get there and earn the right to be better, then there's, I mean, there, there's definitely um, plenty of opportunity for you to create wealth. There's plenty of opportunity for you to create the type of lifestyle you want to have. Um, and, and those those kind of lessons we talked about in the beginning of the, this chat uh, are, are really the basis of all of it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And and for me, kind of just building off of that a little bit was, you know, about the the struggle I had with with the coach there. It was more my senior year because I was there for three years, and the first two, you know, I had had to have back to back elbow surgeries. I was out out for almost three years, and then coming back off of that, you know, I'm going through some struggles with my elbow to try to get that healthy. You know, it was feeling good, and then it was down and up and down and this and that, and you know, I the struggles I had with the coach was more on me than it was on him. And I, I wasn't taking full responsibility for, for my actions at the time. You know, I was putting the work in, I was doing these things. I felt like, you know, I was worthy enough to be that starting pitcher. Why wasn't I ever getting that starting spot, you know, coming in and random relief appearances and, and things like that. When, um, you know, it was just, it wasn't always on him. And this was a, a somewhat similar story I was telling myself back in high school is, man, I'm over here dominating on JV. Why is, why is a younger kid getting bumped up to varsity and I'm not getting that spot, you know? And, and when I went to college, my first year at a school in Iowa, you know, I'm crushing it on JV, one of the best pitchers. Why am I not, why is this random lefty who's throwing like 75 getting a pitch at the varsity level? And I don't, I don't even get a chance. You know, it's like these little things that it's like, I, I need to focus on myself and my development and my skill sets more than I need to be worrying about why this coach isn't giving me this spot, why he's not doing this for me, et cetera, et cetera. And it just goes back into nobody is going to get me that starting position, but me, you know, building off of what you're doing, nobody else is going to build my ideal business, but me, you know, I'm not, I'm, nobody's going to save that money, but me, you know, all these things is just taking that true ownership to that next level. And, you know, that's something I know that you've taken to heart and a lot of others, at your level and beyond are doing as well. You know, is there any, any lesson from that, that you, that you've really seen in your life or how, how that relates to what you're doing now? Well, I mean, you know, I, I think that it's, I'm trying to think how, how can I best answer? Can you sum that up? Like what, what single type of topic for a lesson would you, would you want there because you you went through a lot and I don't want sure. to to take this in a different direction. Yeah, so I would say is you know the overall message: take ownership of every area of your life, and that nobody's going to do that for you. What are you know when? I guess let me just a- ask in a different way: when did you first start to realize that? you know, you've got to put in all this work, you've got to do these things and nobody else is going to do it for you. Like at what point in your life was you're like, shit, I'm not, you know, nobody else is going to do this for me. I have to do it. Whether that was, you know, you playing ball when you were in high school and college or your coaching, or that was you transitioning into the fitness or 
to the business coaching that you're doing now, you know? Well, you know, I, I think that the lesson shows itself over and over again. I think that um, the, the minute an athlete runs up against people who are as good as them, um, th this was one of the things that I recognized. So the, the place that I coached at was a, you know, a small university in Southern Ohio. And, you know, there were a lot of small high schools in that area. And there would be kids who had been like three or four time all conference and they'd come out and they'd think, okay, well, because I was a star in this small kind of pond, I'm going to come to this small local university and, you know, and they'd walk out on the field and fall practice with us. And, you know, they'd, they'd be overwhelmed by how good the players that we had recruited from bigger markets, the players who had been our, in our player development program, the players mm -hmm. that had come from junior colleges in California, they were overwhelmed by how good those kids were. And I, I think we all faced that at some point in athletics where, you know what, now I'm up against something where I'm not automatically the best person on the field. Mm -hmm. And for, I, I think for a lot of people, that can be that tipping point where you embrace personal responsibility and you say, look, you know, it's on me to earn my way onto the field or earn my way mm -hmm. into the, the position that I want to. But, you know, a lot of kids also, they say, well, wait a minute, this is harder than I bargained for. So they, they kind of shy away from it. Um, and then, um, you know, so, so then the, the next step, they they get out into the workforce and they recognize that the, the same thing holds true there, right? Like most, you may be able to get your foot in the door somewhere because of knowing somebody, but ultimately mm -hmm. you're going to have to earn your stay. So, you know, I, I think that the lessons are there. We just have to be savvy enough to notice them. And, you know, a lot of times we have to be just at a position in life where we're willing to embrace it. I think it's very easy to blame a coach. It's very easy to blame our circumstances. But, you know, I mean, somewhere along the way, we're all going to encounter challenging circumstances. And that's beyond our control. So what mm -hmm. we can control is how we respond to them. And hopefully, you know, you, you, you learn that first time around. But I could tell you in my case, there are plenty of instances where, a lesson should have been really, really obvious, and it took me a while to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, and that's—I think—that's one of the biggest reasons for this show is that we learn lessons. You know, we learn pretty much in two ways: we learn from our own mistakes or from the mistakes of others. And it's so much easier to learn from the mistakes of others than it is to burn our own hand picking up the skillet. You know, so I think to to just always be soaking up knowledge from those around us, you know, what, what made them successful, what things they do that didn't make them successful and how that can apply to their lives. And, and, you know, I don't want to get too much in the past, but I think it's an important lesson and question that I should have been asking that I never really sat down with each of those coaches at that level and be like, Hey coach, this isn't me being upset about, you know, why I'm not getting playing time. This and that is a genuine question you know, what do I need to do? My goal is to be a starter. I want to be the guy. I want to be the go-to person. This is my goal. 
where do you see myself right now, objectively, not with any, you know, bias or anything, and don't, you know, not trying to get a sugar-coated answer, what's it going to take for me to get that starting spot, what skills do I need to get to that next level, you know, do I need to, like, what do I have to prove, what do I, results do you need from me to be like, okay, now you're going to get that spot, now we want to test you out, and part of it, you know, you got to show up, you got to get the results in at that next level that you want to get, but I wasn't sitting down and taking that question. I was like, man, fuck this guy. Why isn't he starting me? Why can't I get this? Like, da-da-da. And just not, you know, having Making the right the mindset. Pick, the, the, the coaches want to win. So mm -hmm. they're not out to get athletes in 99.9% .9 of cases, right? Now, mm -hmm. I'm sure that there are plenty of situations where a coach could be biased against somebody where – um, you know, that, that athlete has earned being biased against, but you know, if, if everything's anywhere close to equal, they're going to play the player that gives them the better chance to win. And I, I, I think that it, it's scary to sit down and ask the question that you were just suggesting that people ask, because sometimes we don't want to know the answer, yeah. right? Sometimes we don't want to know why we're not good enough. So it's easier to just find excuses. And there are a lot of people, you have to understand that if you're going and asking your high school coach and you're going and asking your parents, they're biased, mm -hmm. right? So they're going to give you the answer that you want. I, I had this conversation with some players a while, while back when I was coaching a, a, a youth team, you know, a, a travel team. And they were talking about, well, hey, should I go to my lesson or should I go to practice? I'm like, well, you have to understand the, the, the practice is about being part of the team and how you're going to fit into actually being on the field and that sort of thing. The, the lesson may be great for your own individual development, but you have to understand they're on your payroll. They're going to tell mm -hmm. you what they need to tell you to keep getting paid. And so if you're only getting feedback from people who, who who are biased in your favor, you're not going to get to hear what you need to right. hear to go where you want to go. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's, I mean, another reason for this show is to be able, you know, I, I couldn't afford, I mean, my parents took me to, you know, Mickey Owens baseball camps and, you know, to get a pitching coach and things like that. And not everybody, you know, has parents that will do that. You know, my parents weren't rich multimillionaires, this and that. I mean, we were middle class and, you know, I had the things that I needed in life, but not always some of the things that I wanted. But if I had that extra money, I could have went out and hired, you know, a strength conditioning coach, uh, somebody who knows nutrition to help me put weight on. So I'm throwing harder, you know, all these kinds of things to take ownership in my level to get that outside perspective. That's not my coach saying, oh yeah, this is all you got to do, you know, in that comfort level to find that outside of them, you know, and that's why, I hired a guy like you back, uh, you know, a couple of years ago to help me with my business is I need outside perspective besides what my parents think when they, you know, like relating back to the athlete side of things, your parents may have been terrible athletes, but they love you so much and they want you to be a great athlete that they're going to help you along the way, but they're not going to be able to give you the advice of what it takes to go from high school to college, college to pro, you know, anything that takes to get to that next level, they're going to bring, they're, they're going to do their best, but they're only going to share what they know how to do, you know, and I think that's a big lesson that 
I, I wasn't really seeing, but really applies is they're, they're doing their best at the time and they're only giving you what they know how to give you and they can't give you more than that. So you've got to go out and find those answers yourself. And some, sometimes that's going to require, you know, money to pay somebody that who has that expertise. And if you don't have it, you've got to get it yourself. Yeah. And what, again, what's great about the era that we're in now is there's great information, more easily accessible mm -hmm. than there's ever been. Yes. But you may have to take, um, you know, more personal responsibility for making sure you're getting the work in and making sure you're doing what it takes to be better rather than just, um, you know, paying somebody else to hold you accountable, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's just going to having that kind of drive and an extra work ethic is 100 percent going to pay off on the field. And, and for your future endeavors, you know, it, it's going to show people are going to see the work that you're doing versus going out and chasing girls, chasing guys, you know, get, going to parties. I mean, all these different kinds of things. Like I had more time to do, uh, you know, not necessarily to start a business, but to make more money to, to work a little side hustle or something. And I was more focused on the social side of things versus, you know, what it takes to you know, everything that it takes. And sometimes it feels like, oh, I'm already doing so much. I can't give any more. But it's the idea of, and I'm sure you've heard this before. I'm probably going to butcher this quote, but, you know, the size of a wallet expands and it won't contract back down once it expands to a certain level. And essentially, like, you know, if you put, if you're used to putting $100 in your wallet and all of a sudden you put $1,000 in there, that's a lot thicker wallet. It's going to expand to fit that $1,000. And now all of a sudden you put $100 back in there and it looks pretty empty because it's so much bigger. And you're going to get used to putting in that extra work. You're going to get used to those kinds of things. And at first it's going to feel hard, but you're going to get over that hump and then it's going to be natural. And then it's just pushing you to that next level and it just translates to every area of your, of your life and your athletics and your finances, which is why we're talking about all this right now. Yeah. So, um, I mean, so we've covered a lot. What else What else do you think I could share um, with, with kind of my unique set of experiences mm -hmm. that would be most valuable to your listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say, you know, a couple of different questions I, I wanted to get in would be, you know, let's assume these kids don't have any any money. They don't have a network. You know, they don't really have a job. What would be either the one skill that they need to change let's let's just go down that a skill right i, I kind of look at when you look at a big corporation you know they've got all these different departments accounting and finance marketing sales partnerships etc and those could almost be broken down into different skills that people have you know so out of all the different skill sets you've had from coaching to personal training to running businesses coaching entrepreneurs running multiple businesses what would be one skill if you had to start, like if you started over, right? If you're 18, what would be the one skill that you're going to focus on that's going to help set you up for long-term success? I mean, aside from the, those kind of intangible characteristics, the, you know, the work ethic and, um, you know, just people skills, I would say the ability to sell, because if you mm -hmm. can sell, doors will swing wide open for you. I don't care if you're talking about selling your own services because you want to give baseball lessons or mm -hmm. you want to do strength and conditioning work with people, or if you want to go get a job, 
selling is one of those skills that is never going to go out of style. It's never going to be at a point where you're going to be replaced by automation. There's always going to be a sales opportunity for people. And, and a lot of people, um, they, they kind of turn and run the other way when they think of selling. But if all you do is observe effective recruiting, you are going to have such a leg up going into a career with some sales skills. Now, it's clearly not the only one, but I think it is the most, um, the, the single most powerful skill that transcends industries. Mm -hmm. It is something that will all, I mean, if you're good at selling, you're, you're never going to be poor. Um, so, so I would say that's number one by, by a stretch. Yeah, that one's, that one's definitely on the list for sure. What would be, um, because like you said, it, it doesn't matter what industry. Every single business out there in any industry has sales. You know, they've got to generate revenue to get to keep the business alive and to be profitable. You know, that's the point of every business is to be profitable, right? Not everybody's trying to go in and just get by. You know, what would be your advice on finding? Because they've got to learn. You know, they've got to learn the skill of sales. They've got to learn it from somebody. What would you what would you say is the how do, how would you vet or how would you find a good sales job or a good sales opportunity at that age, whether they're in high school or college? Well, you know, I think every opportunity is a uh, probably has a, a hint of selling to it. But if you can go do an internship somewhere like like you had mentioned with um you know, an independent sports team. But if you can find a summer sports team that, um, you know, where you're selling advertising, if you can um, be in a situation where where you're working under somebody, just kind of learning the ropes. But I mean, there are plenty of, com like, there, there are almost endless numbers of commission sales jobs where you're paid for mm -hmm. performance. And what's great about being an athlete is largely your opportunities are driven by performance. It's not a security thing where, um, you know, so many jobs, people say, well, go get this secure, stable job with a, you know, this guaranteed salary. Well, I always gravitated to the things where the harder I work, the better outcome I get. I'm in control of my own destiny. Well, there are almost endless numbers of jobs or types of jobs where you can get either all commission or you can get, uh, you know, a base plus commission and people, I mean, in the fitness industry, there are far more people who are eager to deliver training than there are to sell training in both fields. People just don't like selling. I, and you know, what's great is you can turn any job into a job where you're being more of a salesperson. I don't care if you're working at the local concession stand, you can develop right. your skills in getting people to make bigger purchases. You can, 
improve your skills on just making sure that, I mean, competing against yourself to see that more sales are made. But I, I mean, I can't tell you how valuable that skill set is. And I, I mean, you can learn it by just watching the process that we see in athletics all the time, the recruiting process. So my suggestion is kind of dig in, get your hands dirty, be willing to work just for commission if you if you don't have a path already. And, you know, there's plenty of good information online available, plenty of YouTube videos about selling. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's kind of our current day public library. There's information on online that you don't have to pay for, but can be really powerful in helping you um, kind of move down the, the path to being a more effective salesperson. And yeah, sure. I mean, people may say, well, you know, I don't really want to go into selling, but everybody sells, even if they're not in a front facing sales job. Mm -hmm. Our job is to persuade people to get the outcome that we want. So, mm -hmm. I mean, if you're a physician, well, we get better outcomes by persuading our patients to be more compliant. So it's always going to to kind of fall back to selling. The better you are at persuasion, the better results you get. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And that's one of the things I've been alluding to with some of the past guests. And I do a, a, on Mondays as a millionaire mindset Monday day, you know, trying to switch their perspective around money um and especially sales too because there's just a lot of negativity around it you know the snake oil salesman and somebody's sleazy car salesman stuff like that you know they just get this negative perception and think oh well i should you know get a desk job or work front desk or like do you know something else that's not sales and it's just you know it's not true and the more you kind of think about those kinds of things that the media puts out there whatever it is you know they're just pushing you away, but the, the salesman, the sales industry has been around since pretty much since time was created. I mean, that's like one of the oldest professions besides uh, something that shouldn't be probably mentioned, but um, you know, it's, it's just the ultimate pastime for, for business. And they, you know, the more that they can shift their mindset around it to, you know, I think a good one is selling is serving, right? Like I, I had to get over that that struggle of when I was doing my personal training and uh, my baseball coaching was I'm not, you know, I can't help somebody until I sell them. They can't get me as a trainer, as a coach until they've paid me. And, you know, it, it's it's serving them because I'm not trying to be a bill collector, this and that, you know, something I learned from you is, you know, getting them getting them sign up on a monthly basis and they're recurring and keep coming through and just get that taken care of, you know, so that sales is there. The opportunities are out there. It's just switching your mindset, asking yourself, what can I do to make some extra sales here at this place? You know, whatever it is. Yeah. The, the other thing to, to think about here is um, unless somebody is selling, then they, they don't have a business. They have a hobby. Right. Because there there has to be a transaction. Somebody is giving you value, whether it's a server at a restaurant bringing you a meal or where you're go, going and getting a car repaired or, or what you're buying at the, you know, I, I mean, at, at the local grocery store or whatever else there. There's a value exchange. And so our 
the better we are at facilitating that value exchange, the the more opportunities we get. And you know, the 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 great thing about it is no matter what your passions are, no matter what career path you want to take post playing days, the the ability to persuade is going to be valuable to you. So it's one of those things that you add it to the toolbox, you're never, never going to regret it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's always going to be in there, like riding a bike. You're not going to, it may get a little rusty, but you can clean it up and get it back on track yep. pretty quickly. What would be, um, you know, what's like, what's one tip you would tell your high school self to be better with money when they don't have much skill sets, right? Maybe so they're just starting to get some money coming in, whatever it is. How would they handle their money better? What would be personal finance 101 tip for your high school self? I mean, probably two things. The first thing would be don't spend money you don't have. Um, you know, there are always going to be those wonderful places to open up credit cards that, um, you know, it, it, the minute you step into college, there are going to be tables everywhere to open up a Discover card or something. But, uh, you know, ultimately, if you can't pay the balance back to zero, you probably shouldn't buy it. And if, uh, you know, you you want to spend more money, then find a way to earn more money, because mm-hmm. that is a a. a lesson I think that we all eventually learn. We just tend to learn it after we've dug ourselves a hole. Um, And then the second thing would be as soon as you have the ability to put money away, whether somebody wants to talk about retirement, which seems very far down the road. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm 47 now and 47 seemed very ancient to me when I was the listeners here, but there's this wonderful thing that comes along with compound interest, right? You you get this magic of your money multiplying by just putting it away. So, um, you know, the earlier you put money away, whether it's taking a job that has, um, you know, a 401k component or you just investing, um, you know, 5% of your income early on, uh, and, and just putting it away. If you mm-hmm. do that early, the rest of your life gets infinitely easier. Because if you wait, and this happens a lot with people who might be in pro baseball or might be um, might be pursuing kind of the the college coaching route, and they take um, volunteer jobs or or low paying jobs that mm-hmm. don't really come with any benefits. Mm-hmm. Is you're you're putting off this, uh, you know, this opportunity to save until you're in a more stable position later on. And it's, it's a hole that, you know, you have to dig yourself out of. I know in my own experience, the first few years of my job as a head coach, I I may have earned what was a a really poor full-time income, but it was cobbled together through working other jobs at the university, like as a strength coach or doing other tasks or doing mm-hmm. lessons or training athletes on the side. Um, but I didn't, you know, I wasn't really putting money into retirement or anything else. And so 
you know, I, I had to really multiply my earnings later on to catch back up to where I should have been. So mm-hmm. if you have the opportunity to save a little bit, uh, and if you don't dig yourself a hole, life gets a lot easier later on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's, I think part of it is the the mindset around it is, oh, I'm young. I got plenty of time to, to recover if I get in a hole or, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm young. I'm, I don't need to be good with money now. You know, that's for old people. This and that is like YOLO, you know, you only live once. I need to live it up while I can now, this and that. And it just, it's just this negative mindset around it. Like you can still live a, a good life, but not, you know, just blow all your money right away. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're making a hundred dollars a month, a thousand dollars a month, a hundred thousand dollars a month, like taking, like you said, 5%. I mean, even if it's just 1% of that money that you're making and saving it every single month, it doesn't matter how much you're making. That's a skill that you're learning and reinforcing every time. And if you miss it, you know, it's like, Oh, I I can't afford it because I'm only making like a thousand dollars a month. Well, can you, you can't save like 10 bucks out of that. Like, what is it? You know, there's plenty of other things that we waste money on and dig ourselves in holes with. I mean, it's every, every, every chance you get to, to get income coming in, you know, take a piece of that and put it away and don't, you know, that's a don't touch. Don't, that's a break when in, in fire situation only kind of thing, you know, just take the time to build that savings skill now. It doesn't matter how old you are. I mean, it's so much the same stuff is is what we're doing in practice, right? Like you could sit home and play PS4 or you could go and do something to get better. And if you take mm-hmm. the easy route, then it may be a little bit more enjoyable in the moment, but you you pay for it in the long term. And this is the same stuff here. And, and trust me, I understand because this is a lesson that it took a long time for me to learn and so I understand when people let it go in one ear and out the other, but take it from somebody who had to build a lot of businesses and do a lot of things to get back um, in, in a, a good position that way. There's a much easier path. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things that our mind starts to shut off when we hear something so many different times. It's like, Oh, I already know that. It's like, it's so cliche, this and that. I've heard it a hundred times, or I know that. But I, Peter Voog is a guy I follow in, in the business world. And he was like, until you've, you know, one, that shuts your mind down uh, is what he's talking about with that. It's like, I already know that. But two is like, have I mastered that? Does my bank account show that I've mastered that? Does my skill set show that I've mastered that? Like, whatever it is when somebody tells you that cliche or something you've heard those hundred times, you know, and you're like, Oh, I already know that. I don't need to hear that again. Like part of it is they perceive it as like, it's a lecture and it's badgering and it's bitching at me because I'm not doing this or that when they need to flip that around. If they had that different mindset around it is okay. If that many people are telling me the same thing, maybe that's the key to success. Or maybe that's something that's really going to flip the switch for me and take me to that next level. And it's just, it's literally just a flip of a coin. Like you're flipping your mindset around it and you get a totally different outcome, but it's the exact same thing that's happening. And everything that we're talking about so far in this episode, I think can really kind of be related back to kind of that idea. 
Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, all in all, I think that athletes have a decided advantage moving on in their careers. They've been willing to put in longer hours and work odd hours compared to the general population. They've learned about teamwork. They've learned about handling adversity and perseverance. They've learned uh, uh, that the world actually does keep score and mm -hmm. that you have to compete. But a lot of competition is just competing against yourself and reaching or, uh, you know, trying to reach your potential. So there are so many things that we have at our disposal, but you have to, um, you know, I mean, you have to maximize them and you have to, to kind of keep your head up and notice them so you can maximize them. So you're not just looking up and feeling like, hey, I wasted this opportunity not only to maximize my potential as an athlete, but to set the stage for lifelong success. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I mean, I, I, I couldn't have said it better there, Pat, um, bringing up your website here, you know, as we're finishing up, uh, patrigsby.com, uh, you know, this is very powerful stuff you do for a lot of people. You've got a lot of free resources out there about building your ideal business, um, creating the income you want to make, the impact you want to have, getting more freedom, all these kinds of things, you know, and I, I feel like, the sooner these kids can start thinking about they don't have to go and run a business and be a CEO, but having that mindset of I'm, I'm a CEO, I'm a business owner, I'm this and that, you know, it definitely translates to their career because even if you're in a team sport, you know, you're the CEO of making yourself the starting shortstop. You're the CEO of making yourself the starting center, uh, like whatever it is, like you've got to take ownership for that. And again, all these lessons, like we said, apply to um, what, what we're doing in, in business now and with jobs, et cetera. What is, you know, a, a brief summary, your ideal business, what you're doing now, just kind of a pitch to these kids and how, how they can follow you and check out what you got going on. Um, basically I just help businesses uh, or entrepreneurs build the business that they want to have. Um, you know, I've had a lot of fortunate experiences over time and, so, you know, taking that knowledge and those experiences and helping people figure out how they can go pursue the, the direction they want to, whether it's building a single business, building their own little mini empire, whatever that is, that allows them to have the income, the impact, the lifestyle they want to have. You know, aside from that, I do do a little bit of consulting with... Um, college sports programs here and there to help them kind of optimize their brand and optimize their, their uh, just the way that they may go about recruiting and the way they go about uh, packaging what they have to offer. So it's clear mm -hmm. um, and, and even how they go about fundraising. So, you know, I, I do a little bit of that stuff, but predominantly it's um, taking the, the person who's the, the business owner or aspiring business owner and help them carve out a path that that fits them their strengths their personality and uh you know and give them the outcome that they want so yeah it's uh it's a lot of fun and frankly i would have never guessed that i'd have gone this route i mean if you'd have told me that i would write anything when i was back even back when i was a you know a college coach i'd have never believed you and i've now authored or co-authored 17 books 
So awesome. I mean, you just don't you you don't know. So so you know, I, I mean, I think we probably have some opportunities. We just got to take advantage of it when uh, when it's in front of us. Yep, absolutely. Well, you know, where can um, is is patrigsby.com is that is that the main place for people to find you online? Yeah, I, I think so. I think that's the easiest place. And then if somebody has a specific question for me directly, they can just email me at pat at patrigsby.com. Perfect. And then out of all those different books that you've um, been a part of, what would be the one you would recommend for the listeners to dive into? Um, the ideal business formula basically was kind of my journey um, and how how I was able to to play to my strengths. And I, I wouldn't expect anybody to pursue exactly the the path that I did. But I, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think that the idea here is to help people become the best of them. And so that's mm -hmm. basically what that book's about. Perfect. That's awesome. We'll add that into the show notes and add a link to that book in there as well. So you guys can check that out after the show and any final thoughts, any final words of wisdom for these listeners, Pat, before we end the show today? Um, man, just embrace the moment, right? Like don't always be the person thinking about this is what I'm going to do at the next step or the next stage. I mean, I, I can remember being a college senior and not even being really engaged with my senior year. I mean, a high school senior, mm -hmm. not engaged with my senior year, thinking about where I'm going to go to college and everybody, mm -hmm. You know, it's very easy to start thinking about what's next, whether you're an athlete trying to, you know, move to the professional level or whatever else. But I mean, embrace the moment and, you know, just focus on maximizing the opportunity at hand because, uh, you know, it's a common phrase in the college sports world, the, the make the big time where you are. Um, and, and I think that's a, 100% true, even as, even as an athlete, like this opportunity today, make it everything that you can possibly make it, and it will create more and better opportunities for you tomorrow. No doubt. Absolutely. All right, Pat, that was awesome. Uh, definitely take that to heart. You know, it's, it's a great lesson to have for literally every moment in time uh, that you're that you're at right now. It's, you got to focus on the future at times, but you know, more so we get caught up in thinking in the past or in the future that we don't get in the moment right now, which is where everything is happening. So perfect way to end the show. Thank you, Pat, for coming on today. I know you got a lot going on, but it's uh, really exciting to have you on and get reconnected with you. And thanks for sharing your knowledge with these listeners today. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me until next time, guys. Awesome, Pat. Well, thanks so much for that.